the core of it, just to, to kind of whittle it down a little bit, live your best life, live your champagne life. The core of it is about truly accepting the gratitude and the moments of joy and the everydayness of your life. Quite literally looking at, despite the crap that hit the fan, despite the job you may have lost, the relationship challenges you're having, you've got to find a way to find the silver lining because life is so short and we don't know what could happen in the next moment. The only thing that we know to be true is the now and we have to celebrate that. We have to Mm -hmm. celebrate every little thing that's giving us joy and that we can look for the joy because it helps us filter out the stuff that is not serving our lives for success and our happiness. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast, where we bring you real life working mom stories, tips, tricks, and advice for thriving and surviving in motherhood. Because you shouldn't have to experience working motherhood alone. Join our community of support as we discuss all of the things and how we get by in this sometimes crazy and imperfect journey of working motherhood. Hey everyone and welcome to the very first interview episode of 2021. So I couldn't think of a better person and a better message to feature as the first interview of 2021 because my guest today, Danielle Verdaro, is going to talk about living your champagne life as a working mom. So Danielle runs the blog Bubbles and Babes Inc. And you can also find her by the same handle on Instagram, Bubbles and Babes. And Danielle is a twin boy mom, an engineer, and fabulous, fantastic working mom who is putting out there tons of helpful content for fellow working moms, tools to help women in their career search. And most recently, she has even launched a branding bundle to help you through your personal job search or to just discover who you are as a person so you can find the career um, that works for you. So Danielle is just out there doing so many amazing things. I followed her story in 2020 and have celebrated her successes and she is just such an amazing person. So I'll stop talking now and we can get into the interview here with Danielle. Hi, Danielle. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. How are you doing today? Great, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a great experience to be chatting with you and join the forces of the many mamas that you've had in this series. So thanks for having me. Of course. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and kind of like your career path and how everything all started? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I feel like over, since I became a mom over the the last few years, what I say about who I am and what I do has really evolved in all the best ways in that I now wear the hat working mom. And I try to wear that hat in everything I do, meaning I've spent 12 plus years in aviation. And during that time, I became a working mom. And I realized very quickly, in order for myself to feel whole and to be able to show up for my family and my work responsibilities and the large life that I hope to continue to live, I really had to be that same person everywhere. So it's been a very interesting journey over the last few years. My boys will be four. I have twin boys, which was a a huge shock at the time. And now we're still settling in with that, accepting it. (laughs) But it's been a very fun, interesting journey kind of evolving as a working mom into a whole person that can now say, you know, I love being a leader in everything that I do. And I love being able to challenge myself in many different ways in which I live. And so what I will say is, 
I've worked, like I said, in aviation for 12 plus, plus years. And this year, as a matter of fact, I was part of the, the layoffs that went down for COVID-19. And mm-hmm. quite honestly, it was the best thing that's happened to me because I'd reached this point in my career as a working mama and you know, going after my goals and dreams and passions that I felt quite disconnected from my purpose. And I didn't realize I was disconnected until I had kids, which I know you can relate to when you have kids, it kind of shakes up your whole world and makes you question everything you're doing. Yep. <laughs> and I say that this, yeah, absolutely. And I say that this layoff was such an opportunity because I had been disconnected and it highlighted to me that I needed to get really quickly aligned with my purpose, who I wanted to be, what I wanted to do so that as I transition into this new beginning, this new phase of living, when you ask me in the future, who are you? What do you do? It will continue to be much more aligned with the whole person that shows up everywhere. So I'm an aviator, I'm a working mom, I'm a creative. And like many of us that you showcase here on this podcast, I'm a mother hustler, just getting it all done and trying to make it work. I love that so much. Yes, we definitely are many different parts all coming together. So I love that you mentioned that. So can you tell us about your platform, Bubbles and Babes, and kind of how that all began and where you started with that and kind of take us through that story. Absolutely. So Bubbles and Babes was born around the same time when I learned that my husband and I were pregnant with twin boys. And at that time, Bubbles for me was champagne and Prosecco and all the bubbles you put in a glass. And the babes were me and my girlfriends having a great time living our best lives without kids and loving it. Mm -hmm. And when I realized I was about to enter this mom world that was so unknown to me, and on top of it, I was about to be a mom of twins, which was even further foreign into my reality and what I could actually accept that my life would become. Mm-hmm. My bubbles and babes turned into the babes that was my boys and the bubbles that was the bubble, many bubble baths that I would be taking with them. <laughs> so it's transformed and it started with, a, oh my gosh, like this is such new territory. I better find a way to build community around this. So Bubbles and Babes was born when I discovered I had twins, was having twins, and it's taken on many forms since. It originally started as an outlet for me to build community, to connect with other moms, moms to be, new moms, working moms, you it. And over the last few years, it's really became a lifeline for me. Meaning, you know, many of us can relate way back when we had newborns, what that what they often call is the hundred days of darkness, the first hundred days of having a newborn where everything is so hard and you're not sleeping and you don't know what day it is. And that hundred days of darkness can feel so daunting and difficult. Will we ever get past it? And in that time frame is when Bubbles and Babes for me was an outlet because I could be on Instagram or on my blog at one in the morning connecting with other parents and finding community in the wee hours that most people weren't even awake. And I remember trying to breastfeed twins, which I did exclusively for a year that was one of the hardest things, the things I'm most proud of in my life Mm -hmm. and being able to log on and connect with other working moms and ask questions and other stay-at-home moms and ask questions and other parents. And so it's been a lifeline. So today it's come quite a long way, meaning it's still, Bubbles and Babes is still a community for the modern day working mom. I love to share tips and tricks on things that are helping me live my best life. And I love to learn about other ways other moms are living their best life and how we can share those things. Because if there's one thing we learn very quickly in motherhood and in life is it takes a village and there's no way that we can each know what we need to know in a silo and we have to share those things. So that's what this space is for me, the bubbles and and babes brand, so to speak, is it's this outlet for women and this outlet for moms to be able to come together and share ways in which they are doing it and making things happen. I love that. And yes, definitely agree on that whole village thing. (laughs) I even think back to like our parents and when they were raising us and it's like, yes, they didn't have the internet, but they probably had like some sort of physical village, right? Totally. (laughs) Totally. Totally. I think about this a lot. I come from a big Italian family and sometimes you're kind of like, oh my God, everybody's in your business, but it's also a blessing because you know, you have a whole army of people who care about you, maybe a little too much sometimes, but it feels good to feel that level of support. Right. Definitely. So in your time within your platform and just kind of talking to different working moms and, you know, finding out their stories and things like that. What have you noticed are sort of like the biggest struggles moms 
experience as they go through balancing work and family? Yeah, yeah, a lot because I'm one of them, right? And what's so beautiful and amazing about motherhood is we are grounded in the commonality of our struggles sometimes and our successes, but oftentimes our challenges. And one of the things I has been very apparent, especially as I've come to this enlightening place of what is my purpose? What am I doing with my life and my career? We often have an identity. I don't want to say an identity crisis because it might not be that extreme for some, but like this identity confusion. And I remember going through it pretty heavily as a working mom returning to work. And I even took off six months because I was breastfeeding twins. I had preemies. I had the pleasure of my husband being so supportive of my needs to be off for six months. My job did not cover that paid time off. So we Mm -hmm. did a lot of financial planning and figuring that out. And during that time as a new mom, I remember the identity challenges being like, okay, well, who am I now? And I know many of us go through that. And one of the things I'll tell my former self and any new moms is that that feeling of not knowing what is true to who you are is totally normal. But most importantly, you should never feel like you need to get back to who you were because Mm -hmm. you're never going to be that person. You always need to remember that these experiences we go through, whether it's having a baby or losing a job or you fill in the blank challenge or even success that you go through, you don't want to go backwards. You don't want to be the person you were because whatever you went through has forced you to grow in a way that you are ultimately ultimately different. And that's the beautiful part of it. So I think one of the things that many of us moms go through with this identity confusion, identity challenges, we need to let go of who we were and embrace who we are and who we will be. And having that mindset around everything that we do and everything that we're accepting into our lives is a beautiful thing. And I say that because, you know, when, when I was going back to work, I just remember being like, and you feel the dichotomy of what you're going through. I remember going back to work and being like, I was this person, I'm in the same office, but I have four bags of pump paraphernalia and more crap that I could ever imagine. I'm clearly two people. How do I merge those people? And how do I do that? And honestly, like my kids are almost four, as I mentioned, it's taken a lot of unpacking to figure out how to do that. And I think a lot of it, the advice I'd give my younger self, my new mom self would be to just embrace who you are and really ask yourself who you are and be okay with it. And really recognize and own the fact that motherhood is not something to be embarrassed by or ashamed of or to kind of hide. We all need to kind of come together and celebrate the fact that motherhood is a superpower and a strength. And the more that we enter and re-enter the working world and say to each other, working moms are freaking awesome because we are, I think we will feel less bad about bringing the bag of pump paraphernalia to work and going into the mother's room and pumping while, oh my God, I'm not working the eight hours Mm -hmm. I used to. Well, listen, as I always say, you give a mom a challenge to get done or a task to get done, that individual will get it done because we have no choice and we know what it takes to get something done when it's important. So that guilt that's around that of like never feeling like you're doing too much is another area. But really just to kind of sum it up, it's, you know, the idea identity piece and we all Mm -hmm. go through it and just embracing that and realizing that it's great that we've changed and we need to continue to get in touch with who that new person is. And that takes work. Yeah, definitely love everything you just said right there. I think also, and what I talk about a lot is that as women, we kind of try to compare each other and especially like on social media and being out there and like, oh, what is everyone else doing? Like they returned to work and they were able to do the, all of these things and, but we only kind of see their highlight reels. So I think just realizing that we are all different too, and maybe something that works for one person is not going to work for the next person. Absolutely. And I'll add one thing there because I love that thought as well is just, you know, we are complex beings, each and every one of us. And we all go through various levels of emotions and sensitivities because of whatever's going on in our personal life. And I have to say this to myself too, sometimes where you, I, we may be going through a time where certain triggers, whether it be online or in the news or with what you're reading or what you're consuming might not be good for you during that time. And that doesn't make you weak. That doesn't make you a bad person it makes us all human. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I tell myself is that if I'm scrolling through Instagram or absorbing certain things in my life that are giving me a negative emotion, I have to ask myself, how can I remove that right now? Mm -hmm. And I mean, to the point of if you're following an account and heck, even if it's mine and it makes you feel bad about your own life, stop following me Mm -hmm. because that's no way to live. And I think it's so important to recognize who we are, what we need and what we don't need and be true to that. 
and that will help us through these phases. And it's not easy to do, but it's something that I think will really help when we go through an identity challenge or when we're having a tough season of momming and life to really asking ourselves. And I talk about that a lot when I talk about personal branding and how to own your personal brand and show authentically everywhere. Mm -hmm. It starts with you. It selfishly and most importantly starts with you. And you really do have to ask, what do I need more of and what do I need less of? And listen to yourself when you give yourself those answers. Yeah, definitely. And this kind of transitions into the next part of what I wanted to ask you about. So you talk a lot about this concept of sort of living your champagne life and just living your best life, basically. So can you explain what that means to you and how that has sort of shaped your journey? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love this topic so much because it's been truly a lifeline for me during extremely during this year when, you know, hello, 2020, what a freaking year. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's embedded the core of it just to, to kind of whittle it down a little bit, live your best life, live your champagne life. The core of it is about truly accepting the gratitude and the moments of joy and the everydayness of your life quite literally looking at despite the crap that hit the fan, despite the job you may have lost, the relationship challenges you're having, you've got to find a way to find the silver lining because life is so short and we don't know what could happen in the next moment. The only thing that we know to be true is the now and we have to celebrate that. We have to mm -hmm. celebrate every little thing that's giving us joy and that we can look for the joy because it helps us filter out the stuff that is not serving our lives for success and our happiness. Because at the end of the day, when you go lay down and put your head on the pillow, all you can control is what you can control. And if you tell yourself that, oh my gosh, so much of what I went through today was a challenge and oh my God, bath time was hard and oh my God, work was hard. You'll never appreciate the little things and really the little things are the big things. And so mm -hmm. what I always say is living your champagne life does genuinely mean finding the moments worth celebrating every day. It's not waiting for the wedding or the anniversary to open that bottle of champagne or bubbles. It's not waiting for that special occasion. It's saying, heck, I got out the door on time and my, didn't forget anything at home. And I dropped my kids off on time. That's worth celebrating. Mm -hmm. And what it does is it creates, it helps you create a world and a life that you live that you genuinely love. This is another thing that's not easy, but it's like small things that allow you to lean into the happiness parts of your life. Yeah, for sure. I definitely, I love the whole concept and you had written a blog post on it recently on my blog as well. And I just found myself reading it. I read it again uh, yesterday and I'm just like, wow, like I really connect with this because it's just so important for us to just take those moments and celebrate the small moments. Because like you said, we often kind of get down on ourselves and pick out all of the flaws. I know as women, we do that so often. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it goes along with another mindset that I really, that's really come to light for me this year in that, you know, life is a long game. Life is a marathon, not a sprint. The only guarantee is today, all of those, you know, famous quotes, but you can't control what's going to happen to you, but you can control how you react. And the mindset that I've been absorbing and kind of obsessing over is the fact that it's so important that you start viewing every and any circumstance and situation and challenge and things that comes your way as an opportunity mm -hmm. and, and even the bad stuff, meaning it's an opportunity for you to be better, do better, grow more and change no matter what happens. So that even when bad things come, the bad things are forcing you to make a shift, to adjust. And once you start to accept the fact that anything bad, anything good is an opportunity, nothing phases you. You're not affected by people's maybe negative comments. You're not affected if somebody doesn't choose you for the job. You're not affected if something unfortunate happens because you know that you're going to still look for the moments of joy to celebrate and you're going to still recognize that life is imperfect. It will move on and you will grow on the other side of it. And one of the my favorite quotes as related to this, and it's quite timely because of this year and the passing of Kobe Bryant is a, a quote from him and I'll read it. It's everything negative pressure challenges is an opportunity for me to rise. And that to me also goes very nicely in line with the live your champagne life mindset because you can't control the external from what you do. You can only control what you do and how you react and any opportunity, anything that happens, if you just take that and say, you know what? 
this is another opportunity. You'll stop being phased by all the little things and even the big things that seem huge because in years down the road, you're going to look back at this time and be like, it doesn't affect me anymore. Or I mm -hmm. chose to have it affect me in a more positive way. And then you're able to redirect your energy and how you live. Yeah. Sort of just looking at it from a different angle and yeah. realizing that you don't have to let those negative emotions like affect your every being, I guess. Yes which is not always easy, but it's a practice that I think really does help us. Yeah, for sure. So kind of going along with that, have sort of like a five-step approach to handling adversity that you had talked about in the blog post you wrote. And I'd really love for you to share that with the listeners, if you could just kind of share the five steps that you would go through to handle a challenge. Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, this year has been wild. And it's not only this year that has taught me this approach. It's just, it's life, right? We're all going to go through something and we're all going to go through a various phase of hard and how we react and respond to it is everything because it basically impacts how quickly you recover and grow and how you're able to transition into the next phase of living. And so I've been in various seasons this year, like many of us. And one of the things mm -hmm. I tell myself first, no matter how hard it is, is like, you got to sit in it for a minute. You've got to sit in the suck and just accept the fact that like this situation, maybe it's really pretty shitty. And you know what? That's okay. You should feel all the feels. I think sometimes like, you know, we can hear from friends and family members, oh, you just got to get over it. Well, sometimes you need to yeah. just feel that because it's important to feel the lessons, take in the lessons. What did it teach you? What can you do about it? You know, what did you learn from it in a way that you can maybe not repeat that? Or maybe there's nothing to learn. Maybe it's, you know what? This just feels crappy and sometimes it's okay to feel crappy. So I allow myself that time. Mm -hmm. Most times I will say, most things I will say don't require days on end of sitting in the suck. And if they do, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, if they do take longer, I recommend that each and every one of us seek out some more support and help for that because mm -hmm. mental health is the most important thing. And many things can be taken care of by our own, but many cannot. And there is no shame in therapy. There is no shame in asking for help. And so please, and I say this to myself too, please lean into that. If you feel the sitting in the suck goes longer than a day, I kind of give it like the one day rule. And then the next thing, step two, I always say, okay, now that we felt it, let's let go of it because it's now in the past. We've got to put our big girl panties on and move on. Mm -hmm. I remember telling myself this very, very specifically when the day I got my layoff notice and I was like, well, this is awful, but guess what? Mm -hmm. I better pull it together because I got to find a new job. I've got to be there for my family. I've got to be here for my friends. I've got to be here for myself, most importantly. And so you've got to let that go. So you've got to do whatever it takes to start letting that go so that you can put all your energy and emotion onto the next big thing. Mm -hmm. And then number three from there is the moving on piece. And moving on is the action part of it. And it's all about redirecting your mindset towards living your best life and what that means for you. If it's finding a new job, it's putting all your collateral together so you can start to talk to people intelligently and with conviction about what you want to do next. If it's, you know, a family situation where you had a tragedy or something big like that, it's putting the pieces together so that you can get closure there and so that you can continue to build momentum into where you need to be next. And it's the underlying element of number three here is it's so that you can allow yourself to live that champagne life again and live your best life because this is the one life we get. There are no do-overs. There's no dress rehearsal. So if we spend the majority of the time living in the past and living in the suck and living in how hard, hard was, we can't live the one gift that we have, which is the life we were granted. So that's mm -hmm. number three. And then number four is keep moving because anything that's hard is going to keep coming up in various ways. And one of the best ways to continue to move beyond that is to quite literally keep moving, whether that's getting fitness into your life. For me, movement has always been medicine, always been something that's allowed me to like physically transform beyond feeling crappy. And if my mind is not feeling mm -hmm. well, it's a great boost of endorphins. I'm the first person to say, you've got to prioritize fitness every single day. And it doesn't mean you're going to orange theory every day. Some days fitness is a slow flow yoga, but mm -hmm. that movement is so important. And just to keep your body moving in the right direction, not only physically, but what are the steps you need to take after reflecting on what you need to do next? 
next to keep you moving. Maybe it's, you know, creating a new routine for yourself that doesn't make you feel stuck in your old ways. Like for me, when I've been really stuck and I think about movement, my journaling changes in the morning, my morning routine might have to shift. Those kind of things are also movement. And then last but not least, the one thing that kind of close with in my five-step approach is always, sometimes you have to deploy the get your life together pep talk. And sometimes we all need that. The, you know, you look in the mirror and you remind yourself of who you are, how strong you are, your positive affirmations, you know, telling yourself that this is going to be okay, really getting your mind to a place of acceptance that you have more control over your actions and how you're able to feel than you're letting yourself be in this Mm -hmm. moment. And so it's that pep talk. It's that self pep talk. And you guys, if you can't give it to yourself, you call your bestie or your mom or whoever you need to and have that person give it to you. And that does genuinely help. Definitely. Yes. I, yeah, I love the five steps and emphasizing the last one, calling somebody and letting them tell that to you. I did that recently and I highly recommend everybody do that. It totally. Is, it is like a game changer for your mind. <laughs> yes, I did it yesterday, actually. I was having like a major bummer day and it was funny. I kind of went through these steps pretty quickly yesterday and then I phoned a friend because I couldn't talk myself out of it and she was awesome. She was like, you're going to be fine. Like, this is okay. Like, yeah. this moment will pass, you know, all of that. And, you know, it kind of goes back even to number one where like, if you can't get through it yourself, you got to ask someone to come into your world and be vulnerable with that person. For sure, Yeah. So kind of the next thing I wanted to ask you was what advice would you give moms who feel stuck, but these five steps kind of like give them a lot of actionable advice, Mm -hmm. but anything else you want to add? Yeah, I'll add that I'm a big self-improvement junkie. I just love learning and like, how do I live my best life, right? How do I maximize the phase of life I'm in knowing that I have toddlers right now and I'm a very different person today than I was two years ago because of the demands on the system, so to speak. And so for me that in this self-improvement mindset, which I feel like is so important to constantly be finding ways to improve and find outlets. And that doesn't always mean like we all need to find ways to help ourselves get better every day Mm -hmm. as far as like, you know, self-help books, et cetera. But it's more along the lines of mindset of what do you need to lean into to get your mind always thinking about the right things. And the advice I would give is around thinking about the things you can control and the mindsets you can absorb that set you up for success. Because I genuinely believe that your mindset is the most important tool we own. And I'll say a little bit more about this. So I've learned this year in particular, and always, because, you know, we always hear, you know, surround yourself with positive people and, you know, the power of positive thinking. And it's funny over the years, you hear some of these common phrases and colloquialisms and all of that, where you're like, okay, I get it, but you don't get it until you get it. So this was a year where all of those things around mindset really became something that I was like, holy crap, this is serious. And here's Mm why. I was digging into a wormhole months ago when I was like, all right, I, you know, I'm journaling. I get the positive affirmation thing, setting an attention, but what's really behind here? And so the nerd in me did some digging and it's really the science on selective attention. And what that means is the brain quite literally uses a process to help you deal with the complexities of the world. And your brain quite literally makes you focus on whatever it deems most important consciously Mm -hmm. or subconsciously. And Ultimately, what I'm saying by that is you have the power to refocus your brain on the things you want it to filter. And the science of that is the science of selective attention. There are many behavioral scientists that talk about it. One of my favorite is Caroline Webb. She has a lot of podcasts out there. I'd highly recommend you checking her out. She has a website called How to Have a Good Day, where it talks about all the ways in which your mind can be empowered so that you can quite literally change the course of your day by just feeding your mind the right things. And here's a quick example that we can all probably wrap our heads around. You know, when you're hungry and you're, you, you got to get food, but you're not at the cafeteria or your kitchen yet, your mind will start to look at everything as food or like you're reading mm-hmm. something and maybe the words related to food will pop out on the page, et cetera. Now that makes sense. But when we think about other things that, that you have to dig a little deeper to say, oh, wow, that makes sense too. There were studies that were done that interviewed folks that were, were having a bummer day and, they, and folks who were having a great day. And they showed these two different groups of people a mountain. 
And the folks that were having the bummer day saw the mountain, I think it was something like two times the size of how big it really was in Mm. this controlled experiment. And the people that weren't having the bummer day that had more of the quote positive mind saw the mountain as totally achievable, totally attainable, not too large. So that's a really good example of how your mind, depending on what you allow it to focus on, if you're not feeling good, perceives the world. Mm -hmm. And so that to me was such a powerful aha because it made me realize that we actually have more control over this than we think, which is why positive affirmations work. Why? Because you're telling your mind to focus on those things. It's also why choosing a word for the year may seem a little woo-woo, but it actually works because in times of challenge, if you continue to go back to that and you're like, my word was this, Mm -hmm. it'll remind you of what to focus on. It's why surrounding yourself with positive people helps. That energy is actually a real thing because their energy bleeds into your energy. Mm -hmm. Same with focus who are negative. So I could go on and on with this list, but I think the piece of advice I would give anyone struggling is remember how powerful you are, what tools you have in your toolbox, journaling, words of affirmation, setting a daily intention, all of those things you have control over. So when you're going through the thick of it, which we've all had a year, these are little things you can do in virtually no time. You don't need 20 plus minutes to set a daily intention. Maybe you just need one. Maybe you have time for a journaling session and you can write down five things you're grateful for. That's why gratitude practices are helpful. So anyway, I could go on to this forever, but I think the power and science behind selective attention is now this tool I have in my toolkit that when someone says the power of positive thinking, it no longer goes over my head like, here we go again. It actually makes sense. So I'd highly encourage anyone that this kind of resonated with you to dig into that because it's pretty powerful. I love that. And I love that there's science behind it. Because like you Mm -hmm. said, some people are like, well, I don't believe in those woo-woo things. Like, what does that really mean? But if they're more scientific minded, they can get behind that there is an actual scientific explanation behind it. So I just love that everything you just said. Same. So before we move on to sort of the lightning round of questions, is there any other advice you'd like to give moms? Yes. And and this has been a huge discovery for me this year. I'm just elated to be able to share it is that when we go through these various seasons of life and momming, I think the most important thing we need to remember is that to be whole and happy and to give to all the things in our life that require our attention, our family, our kids, our priorities, we absolutely have to put our oxygen masks on first. And sometimes as moms, because we are just by nature, these givers, we can often put other people before ourselves. That's just who we are, right? I mean, of course, like in a life or a situation or when it comes to the health of your kids, you would do that. But in the day-to-day, I would say the most important thing to prioritize is self-care because you can't, it's a classic, you can't pour from an empty cup, but beyond that, you, we, I need to be whole because that's what your kids and your family and your friends want most is Mm -hmm. a mom who they can rely on in their fullest, most whole form. And so the advice I would give is around finding what that means for you. For me, that means having a morning routine and working out and those kind of things, but it's beyond that. And and self-care, asterisks, reminder, isn't just spa dates and manicures. It's beyond that. So really asking yourself, what is true self-care for you? And what does putting your oxygen mask on mean? I would leave everyone with that because that's been like so important for me this year, especially when the world has been in such chaos is I have to take care of me first so I can give to everyone else. Yeah, definitely agree on that. I think that all of us have thought much more about that this year, kind (laughs) of being at home and managing all of the aspects of working from home, taking care of the kids at the same time. So I really love that. Thank you. And so it kind of goes into sort of my lightning round of questions. I ask every guest and you had briefly mentioned it, but what is something you consider to be one of your non-negotiable practices that you have to do every day? Absolutely. So I'm going to go back to the morning routine here. And I want to say something about the morning routine. I think everyone needs a morning routine. I'm actually realizing now that I also need an evening wind down routine, but that's not as important as my morning routine. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, you've got to have something that is just for you before the chaos of the day takes over that doesn't get impacted by your little people and all the demands on the system. And I want to make one, a couple of comments 
difference with a morning routine. One, first and foremost, be respectful to your morning routine and change it as needed as mm -hmm. the demands on your life and the seasons of life shift. My morning routine today looks very different than when I was breastfeeding newborn twins at two months old, right? Mm -hmm. So be respectful to that and adjust as you need it, as you need to. And the second thing around morning routine that's been just so, so, so helpful for me that I would recommend for anyone at this day and age who has a cell phone or a connection to the internet, don't do anything with your phone, read news, check your social media until your morning routine is complete. Because anytime you let other people's texts, news, social media accounts, stories impact yourself before you get through what you need for you, they're subconsciously or quite consciously influencing how you start your day. And the morning routine should be selfishly all yours. So that's the advice I would give and kind of the tip. And it's been a lifeline for me, just being able to do that and have that just something that's mine. For sure. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so important too. I always didn't prioritize a morning routine when my daughter was younger because it's kind of sometimes right. you're just in survival mode and you get like an hour of sleep. <laughs> and you're like, okay, yes. what kind of morning routine can I have other than downing a bunch of coffee? But yeah, I just love that advice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny when I relate that time in my world was that was my morning routine. I got up, I drank like 32 ounces of water and a cup of coffee and that was it. But that's okay. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. sometimes that's what you need. Yeah, for sure. Uh, would you consider to be a favorite working mom hack that would get you through a hectic or difficult day? Yeah. And this goes back to what I was kind of saying before is having that nighttime routine. I, to get through a hectic day, you've got to do something the night before to set you up for success because, I mean, let's be honest, any mom, any working mom has the possibility of having a hectic day on any given day. So making sure that you have the wind down and look at your calendar the day before, the mm -hmm. night before, and say, how do I set myself up for success with what I know to be true? Then when you actually get to the day, so you've done your nighttime routine, you know your calendar, you're like, here's how I'm going to schedule out my time, et cetera. Then you actually get to the day. And of course, things can take a hard right, a hard mm -hmm. left, wherever they may end up going. What I do is I, I set, I'm a pretty, I love lists. I'm a, a pretty big list maker and I set priority lists. And I say, you know, these are the things I'm going to get through and I'm going to throw out the rest. I'm not going to get to them or I'm going to delegate. Mm -hmm. So any hectic day, that will be kind of a, a key element in what I do. And I do check-ins as needed. If things start to get a little out of control and people throw more stuff on my plate, I take a moment to kind of reprioritize and say, well, this is more important and then communicate often. And that's not only with the bosses and the coworkers, but it's also my family. Hey, I got to be working a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Dave, my husband, can you take on this dinner routine? I know I had it. And then a couple of things around that that I would just recommend to keep top of mind. Morning routine is key for this because, and I'm going to highlight this again, because even if your day is a total cluster and it goes, you know, completely south, at least you did your morning routine, mm -hmm. right? So you've already kind of set yourself up for success and given your body and mind the ability to tackle whatever's about to happen in the best of your abilities. So that to me always feels good. And then the other thing is just kind of like a weekly thing that I do with my family and my husband is we do a calendar audit every Sunday night. And we say, who's got what pickup? Who's got what drop off? So that when the inevitable hectic day happens, you already kind of are aligned as best as you can be. And then you just roll with it. So those are kind of a couple things that I do that I think might help a lot of people as well. Yeah, for sure. Love those. And so who would you consider to be sort of your favorite podcasters, bloggers, a favorite author, or someone who has really influenced you throughout the years? There have been so, so many. I'm in this big like mindset, self-improvement and kind of side hustle phase of life, um, which has been awesome. And so my suggestions here are going to be with those themes in mind. So I'm trying to figure out how to build more of a side hustle thing that can allow me to be more of a speaker in the future, that can allow me to be more of a, a corporate influencer from mm -hmm. a brand ambassador standpoint with whatever opportunity I choose to transition into next. And so with that in mind, I've been really listening to a lot of personal coaches and folks who are nailing it in the social media space. So people like Amy Porterfield and Jenna mm -hmm. Kutcher, because they've been giving me some tips on how to manage bubbles and babes better, right? Mm -hmm. And they do a really good job at giving a lot of free resources in a very yeah. condensed time on a podcast. I'm sure you know, Kelly. So that's been super helpful. 
And those are more from like the digital social marketing standpoint. So we'll put a pin in that. And then the other one is whenever I'm trying to level up or learn more from other people, as I, I look to strong women in my life that I may not have met yet, but that I consider in my mentors from afar. And I think of two immediately. So one is Bozoma St. John. She is just a force of nature, but she is now the CMO for Netflix. And she's been at Pepsi. She's been at Apple. She's been all over the place. This woman is fierce. And I've been listening to a lot of her conversations and interviews, but most importantly, she just released over the pandemic, this thing called the Badass Workshop. And I took it, it was a hundred bucks for five modules, so to speak. And it was awesome. And that's another gal that I turn to when I need a little pick me up because she is like, she's a force. And if you guys don't know her yet, please check her out. And what's so interesting is I keep going back to the content from that course and it's so good. She just announced that Harvard Business School is adding that course to HBS uh, catalog. Wow. So it's awesome. So, and then she just released a sixth module over this weekend to kind of jumpstart ourselves into 2021. So that's another one. And then another gal in kind of like the working mom space is I love Michelle Obama. I think she, her podcast this year during the pandemic again has been such a lifeline because she's a working mom. She's had really stressful jobs. She mm-hmm. relies really heavily on her network of strong women, which is quite expansive at her level. And she shares a lot of tips and tricks on and mindsets. So that's yeah. been a really good outlet for me. So those two women in particular, and then I'll add one last thing for those busy working women that has been helping me as well. I told myself this year frequently because, you know, we weren't going on vacations. We weren't spending money in all these different areas. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what, this is the year I'm going to invest a little bit more in my personal development from a monetary standpoint, invested in the badass workshop and some other things. But I want to remind us that to get to that next level in the little time that we have, yes, of course, you could read a library's worth of books and learn all the ways in which you can be better about all the things you want to be better at. But when you invest in personal development, and I've done that a lot this year, it gives you, your rewards are tenfold. And the other thing I'll mention is I've been digging into um, writing a little bit more and trying to find writers who have better skills than me and taking classes from them. And one is Anthony Moore. He this how to accomplish a 12-month goal in 30 days, and it was a 30-day sprint, and it was awesome, and it gave me all the these tools that really helped me set myself up for success in my bubbles and babes area, which you guys will be seeing a little bit more of the results of that. So don't forget that if you have a skill or a hobby that you just love, lean into that and invest some time and maybe even money. And I'm not here to tell you to spend money that that you don't have or what have you. But for me, sometimes what I'll do is I'll say, you know what, I call it, you know, the Starbucks bucket. I won't, I don't go to Starbucks very much anymore, but I used to say instead of a cough so once a week or five times a week or whatever your vice is, your spending habits may be, don't do that thing, right? I do alcohol detoxes all the time. And I'm like, that was my champagne money. And then I put that into a personal development because there's no better investment and money spent than on your brain and in your development. So that's what I'll I'll close with there on that subject. This year was awesome learning that, you know, investing in yourself is really good. I love that so much. Yes, I did a lot more of that this year too. And mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to have to check out the Badass Workshop. That's oh, it's so good. Amazing. So I'm going to Google that when we get off this podcast interview. Awesome. <laughs> Let me know what you think, Kelly. It's a fun one. I will for sure. So what are you currently working on within Bubbles and Babes that you're most excited about? Yeah, this is thankfully with this with job transition, I've been heavy into the job search and my mm-hmm. pr- what I'm calling my purpose searching. And because of my layoff, the company I used to work for, one of the best resources they gave me was four months of talent management and professional career coaching and Mm -hmm. resources beyond belief on LinkedIn and with trainings. And so what I've been working on is trying to find Ben. I know not everyone gets that. So huge, huge pause there. Not everyone gets that, but I did. And what I've been working on is putting together some tools to help other women that can help us level up, get to the next best place in our life, get through these really crappy, unfortunate times, layoffs, challenges, you're frustrated with your job, you don't know what your purpose is. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I recently released was this thing I'm calling it the 
Bubbles and Babes branding bundle. And it's a compilation of three resources that have been the exact three resources I've been using during all of my job search. And they have been so, so helpful, you guys. And they're helpful beyond the resume. And I say that because a resume is great when you're looking for a job, but it doesn't tell the whole picture of who you are what you want to do and what value you bring to the table. And I've learned that very quickly because think about it, right? If you, and you don't even have to lose your job to need these tools. Mm -hmm. If you want to stay in the job you're in today forever, good for you. But many people want more than just what they're doing. And that doesn't necessarily mean you want to be the CEO. Maybe you might want to learn another skill. Maybe you might want to expand in a new way, or maybe you just want to be able to answer the question. If your dream job was handed to you on a platter, what would that be? And I didn't have that answer a year ago, but I do now. And that's because of these resources. So I'll tell you what they are. And then anyone's welcome to download the free download off of my Bubbles and Babes website and off of my Instagram. But there are three things. One, it's a personal branding template. Why do you need that? Well, you need to be able to tell your elevator pitch on what you want and what you want to do and what value you bring to the table. Because we are many folks that, that are in this bubble that Kelly highlight in the social media bubble that are kind of going after it in different ways. You know, we're mid-career plus. So you're not looking for entry-level jobs in many ways. And so you need to be able to be specific and showcase your worth. And to do that, you need to talk about yourself. So I put together this template that's been helping me so that when I get asked, I've been asked, what do you want to do? Well, Mm -hmm. we want to hire you. What do you want to do? You better be able to answer that. So that's one piece. Then the second piece I have, it's called a marketing plan template. Well, why would you need that? Well, easy, right? We're all busy. You know, and I've had a lot of people reach out and say, Danielle, I'd love to help you. What do you want to do? Well, you can't just hand them your resume because your resume doesn't tell them what you want to do. But this marketing plan template does. There's details and objectives and tables in there where you can hand this marketing plan template to anyone, a close confidant or someone you have not yet met in your LinkedIn network to say, here's what I'm looking for. It's your marketing plan. Here's what I'm looking for. And by the way, here are the companies I'm looking for. I'd love to chat with you about you know, what you think of my marketing plan. So that's something that gives someone a tangible thing that they're not left with. I don't know how to help you. It gives them a roadmap. And then the last thing is a career roadmap. And what it is, is it's a visual resume and it gives people a visual snapshot of you, what you want to highlight from your skill set, so that people don't have to read a two plus page CV or resume. And it's visual, so you get to see your personality on there. So anyway, those are the three tools that I'm telling you have been so helpful and, and I'm so delighted to be able to share with people. And, the, and I'm thinking, I've, I've gotten some really good feedback. I want to put together like a quick Facebook Live to answer any questions, some of the other ways I'm using that. But that's something I'm really proud of. And then I'm also trying to put together what I'm calling, I'm working on it this week, called the Five Day Feel Good Glow Up. I've been in all these self-improvement things and this has been a year of like emotion and challenge. And I've kind of dug in and had the opportunity to dig in because I haven't been working a nine to five and I've been Mm -hmm. doing trainings and all these things. I put together five days of just feel good stuff things that will make you feel good. It's a, they're going to be five minute videos with an email. And if you want to sign up on my website, it's a free download. You can have it. And it just gives you different ways to think about things. There'll be stuff on there on mindsets, affirmations, some blog posts that not only I have written, but that have really given me different perspectives during this time. And at the end of it, it's supposed to just make you feel good. So that's another thing that I've been fortunate enough to have kind of gone into these wormholes, you guys. And, and I can't wait to share some of those things. So with that, those are kind of the top two. And I'm just, I'm looking forward to being part of this community, Kelly with what you're building and helping other working parents, working moms, women. And if there's anything I can do to help from where I sit, I am so happy to be able to do that. Yes, for sure. And thank you so much for sharing all of those resources that you're working on. I think um, a lot of people probably will take advantage of those because those just sound amazing. I'm definitely going to go sign up too. So where can people find you? You're at bubblesandbabes.com. Is that correct? Yeah, it's bubblesandbabesinc.com and bubblesandbabes on Instagram. And I'm trying to explore in other areas. So I've got Pinterest site up and coming and trying to diversify as they say, you guys, you know, you can't just be, be on one platform these days, right? There's so many different areas of it can be very overwhelming, but yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely diversifying is good, getting yourself out there. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really, really had a great time talking to you. I think this is just so much good information for working moms and just so much positive information and positive steps that they can actually do today to start, you know, working towards different goals or taking care of themselves or just taking a break if they need to. Right. 
Thank you, Kelly. It's been such a pleasure. I'm so grateful to be part of this lineup of rock star women that you have. And I can't wait to see us all continue to do big things. Yes, I'm super excited for 2021. Same. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. another episode of the confessions of a working mom podcast don't forget to go check out the show notes for links to all of the resources that we've talked about today and i wanted to let you know of an amazing new mini course that i'm offering so if you head on over to the working mom collective.com slash purpose you can sign up for a mini course on discovering the path to your purpose. So in this course, I will take you through six modules to help you go from stressed, burnt out, and overwhelmed in your current career situation to happy, excited, and hopeful, and filled with passion for pursuing your purpose. So this mini course will set you up to pursue your purpose with the mindset that you can actually turn your dreams into a business. So go to theworkingmomcollective.com slash purpose to sign up for this free mini course and tag me on Instagram once you sign up, letting me know what you've discovered in your journey to pursuing your passions. So let me just tell you, I have been wanting to release a resource for all of you for the longest time. And I'm finally just putting this out into the world in hopes that it will help somebody that was like me about a year or two ago when I was completely unhappy in my current career situation. I knew I had to make a change, but I didn't exactly know where to even start. I didn't know what even the next step would look like. So this free mini course is for you if you have that feeling where you know that you wanna do something more, that you want to pursue something else, and you just really are unsure of where to get started. So it will be six modules. Module one will be a skill assessment and survey. Module two will be mindset work. Module three will be truly exploring your dreams and what those look like and how you can actually turn them into reality. Module four will be taking those dreams that you explored and formulating them into a business idea. Module five will be marketing plan basics for marketing your business. And module six will be the tech tools that you need to get started. So if you would like to start pursuing your purpose today, then just go sign up on theworkingmomcollective.com slash purpose. And like I said, tag me on Instagram or DM me or send me an email and let me know how it's going for you. I really want to help you through exploring and discovering your purpose and some business ideas that you have. So please do tag me and send me DMs. I read all of them. And thank you so much for continuing to listen to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. I will catch you on the next show. I would be so, so grateful if you went and left a rating and review of the podcast. So Apple loves it when you rate and review the podcast that you love listening to. And it would just mean the world to me if you went over and left a rating and review for the podcast. So that way our show can be introduced to more working moms that really, really can gain positivity from these episodes that can teach them something. So if you go and leave a rating and review, I would be so grateful and just thank you again for continuing to listen every week. You are the reason why I continue to talk into this microphone for this podcast. Without you, I would have the podcast. So thank you so much.